The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. From the Knapsack File Studios in Burbank, California, it's always nice. It's a touch cold and a touch warm. This is the Knapsack Files. I'm Ken Knapsack. And guess what, everybody? It's been a while. Uh, things happen. You, you guests get scheduled and canceled. But this guest, oh, he's scheduled and he showed up. I did not cancel. You did. No, I mean, did I say you canceled? No. No, no, no I'm saying you didn't. No. Others didn't. Yeah, you, yeah, that's you, what I mean. Yeah, I'm, you, I'm showing up. You are here. You're, 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 now look, some of the, I will say, some of the, in case you're listening, a lot of people canceled for good reasons. Illnesses come up. <laughs> take, but you said I'm here. Uh, this is Van William. He is a bona fide rock star in my heart, singer songwriter. Uh, he is a Star Wars fan. You may have seen him on Jedi Council, heard him uh, uh, there. He's going to be on Force Center soon with me. And also, kind of from my hometown, neck of the woods. We're going to dive into a lot of it. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Great to be back home mm-hmm. in sunny Southern California for a little bit in between tours and talking about life with Kylo Ken Napsok. I'm, I'm happy uh, you're in here because here's I'm going to tell this funny story. So I, I'm an old rock DJ. I say that over and over again. We get it. Got it, Ken. We got it, Ken. You spun discs in the <laughs> mid-90s. You like the gin blossoms. There you go. Uh, up in San Luis Obispo, uh, California. Uh, Pismo Beach, to be exact, from our radio station. But anyways, you you were uh, booked to come on Jedi Council because you're a big Star Wars fan. And I don't I don't work there anymore, so I don't I'm not in charge of the bookings. I just show up. But I saw I saw a name on an email, and I was like, that's interesting. Flash forward a couple months earlier, I I my car radio went out years ago because I have a crappy 2004 Camry. So I had uh, my car stereo, so I have to listen to the radio, which is weird because a lot of people don't just listen to the radio. So I listened to a station called KCSN. It's the Cal State Northridge station, but it, a couple years ago it blew up. They decided to make it more than just a college radio station. Uh, Nick Harcourt's there in the mornings, all this guy, Sky Daniels, uh, the program director. They come in there, and they're spinning this record from this this guy named Van William Revolution, first aid kid on the vocals there too, and I'm like digging this song. Get the album, Countries, and suddenly the morning of Jedi Council, I'm listening to your album. I'm like, wait a minute, what's that email? What's that name on that email I saw? Oh my God, it's Van. Wy- He's in the studio with me today. <laughs> That's crazy. So small world, uh, mutual appreciation society. Because uh, you, you somehow for some reason enjoy me blabbing about Star Wars, man. But that's my monologue to open the show. Uh, karma, fate, uh, connection has brought us together. And I, and to turn the table, literally. I mean, I've been watching uh, Jedi Council and following you for a really, really long time too. So it was. I was hoping that when I, I was when I got Jedi Council when I confirmed that I was going to be on Jedi Council. I was so, so thrilled. I was so excited. I tried to explain to my friends what it was and they couldn't really comprehend that there are YouTube shows about right. Star Wars or anything like that. But I, I was hoping, can. I was hoping, hoping, hoping that you would be on there and you were. Yeah. And then we learned we're from the same place. Yeah, so There's we started, so you know, many... I started talking about radio, music, yeah. whatever, like I do. And you said, well, where we were DJs. I go, like, oh, it's this little town, like Pismo Beach. You're like, <laughs> yeah, uh, you, uh, you grew up in a couple different spots, which we're going to dig, dig into, yeah. but you're, you're, you're anchored in, in many ways in Cambria, California. Yeah, that's my hometown for sure. So for those who aren't familiar with the little West Coast, Central Coast, California, I grew up in a place called Arroyo Grande, which is part of the five cities. One of the five cities is Pismo Beach, which is all about 15 minutes south of San Luis Obispo, the home of the Cal Poly Mustangs, about 
40 minutes north of that on Highway yeah. 1, maybe? Cambridge. 30 if I'm, if I'm if you're, rolling. If you're going fast. Yeah. I drive slow, so 40 minutes. Yeah. I had a Plymouth Colt back in the day, oh, so nice. it took a while to get up yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. And Cambria is a beautiful beachside forest. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Pines by the sea. That's a great It's like it's 5,000 people, nothing going on, no yeah. movie theater, no, they outlawed any sort of chain restaurants or yep. fast food or anything long ago, um, which is great. Mm-hmm. But as a kid, that's just tremendously boring. There's just nothing to do, no bowling alley, no nothing. anything. And so I would always come into San Luis Obispo, which was, you know, mm-hmm. 30, 40 minutes away after school once I got a, once I got a driver's license. Right. And so, you know. Although I'm from Cambria, like I spent almost as much time at San Luis Obispo um, Which, as a kid. Yeah, no, yeah, you're, yeah, you're, you're some years younger than me. We're in the same generation, but your little, you know, our high school years are different. But yeah, I, there's, I, in my head canon, we probably crossed paths at some point. Oh, yeah, at I'm Boo-Boo sure. Records. I'm sure. I was at Boo Boo Records at least five days a week. Oh, yeah. Constantly there. What time frame? The mid 90s? Uh, let's see, late 90s, late. early 2000s. Okay. So yeah. I, I, but I popped in yes. mid 90s. So mid, mid 90s was where I was there most of the time, but I moved to LA in 1998. But I, you know, still, even to this day, mm-hmm. when I head home, I make a trip with, if I can, to downtown Slow and I pop into Boo Boo Records. Mm-hmm. And just, even though I don't buy CDs as much as anymore, or have room for LPs, I still, I feel I have to go. Absolutely. It's a yeah, mecca. It's a, it's a, some sort of, um, yeah, and you know. Anyway, you yeah, just have to do it. You have to do it. Have to experience it in Central Coast area, and you're playing there soon. Uh, this I am. Weekend. Yeah. Actually, the time of this episode airs. It's this weekend at Boo Boo. This Record. weekend, yeah, Record Store Day, um, mm-hmm. April 21st, 6 p.m. And I haven't played back in San Luis Obispo County in years. We used mm-hmm. to my old band Port O'Brien. We played there all the time. It's kind of where we got our start. Mm-hmm. And uh, then my next band Waters only played there a couple times. And and I haven't for my, for my new project yet. Mm-hmm. And so this is a perfect opportunity. There's not a lot of venues there uh, yeah. in the county anymore. So this was a perfect opportunity, and I still know a lot of the folks that work at Boo Boo, so right. it'll be it'll be fun. Did you, you so Cambria, and then you spent some time, a lot of time up in Alaska? Yeah, Kodiak Island, mm-hmm. Alaska. Kodiak Island. That's because of your father's career, right? Yeah. The fishermen, commercial mm-hmm. fishermen, the big stuff, the mm-hmm. real stuff, the real stuff. Tell me about that. Yeah, I am. Um, that was our entire family's income. Um, was wow, four that's... months of commercial fishing for salmon in Alaska. So basically, m- the four of us, my mom, my dad, my sister, and I would spend mm. eight months in Cambria. Mm. And then as a family, we would go up to Kodiak Island for... My dad would go for four, we would go for three. Mm. And he um, has been doing... He had been doing that doing that since 1968. Uh, he grew up down here, and he hitchhiked up uh, in the summer and got a job working on a boat. Um, that wasn't even his plan, really. He just yeah. happened to get a job walking the docks, and he loved it. And so he went up the next summer and the next summer and the next summer, and he did it for 50 years. Wow. And um, he eventually bought his own boat after about 10 seasons of working as a crew member. Yeah. And I started going out there and working when I was maybe a little before I was quite old enough. But I, I got <laughs> out there. And that's the way I uh, put myself through college. And um, 
and you know supplemented the musician right. income. And it's it's uh, it's brutal. It's brutal. I don't yeah. know if any of y'all have li- have watched the Deadliest Catch. That um, might be the frame of reference for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. it's not quite that extreme. Okay. That that's crabbing, which is mm-hmm. um, in Alaska the same, but it's in the winter, okay. and um, so in the winter it's always dark. Yeah. Uh, we fish in the summer, so it's always light. The yeah. crab are way offshore, yeah. and the salmon are right on shore. <laughs> so I kind of described it as deadliest catch light. But the season yep. is much longer. And their season is about a month long, give or right. take. We are out um, at sea for up to seven or eight weeks at a time without touching land at all. Um, wow. And there's got, no... you got sea legs. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's no uh, shower um, on boat, on the boat, there's no, there's not even a toilet. I'm out. There's no <laughs> toilet. It is, it is it gnarly is. stuff. It is it's old school. Stuff. Yeah. There's no internet or any phone or anything at all remotely. There's a satellite phone that's $2 a minute and barely ever works. But otherwise you're completely just in the middle of the Alaskan wilderness. And you are doing this, like you said, to pay your way through college, supplement mm-hmm. your income. Uh, this is a, this is an extreme day job, but there, mm-hmm. what, what about it? Kept you too. There's something you had to like. Absolutely, that. and I and I and I still. There's a part of me that wonders if I should go back up there and start doing it again. Honestly, it's yeah. like it's the type of job that an experience that just gets under your skin. And it mm. happens. I've seen it happen to some people who go up and work. Um, then they can't stop thinking about. It. They want to go back. Um, yeah. Other people just are immediately like, Fuck this. "Yeah, <laughs> I'm out." Yeah. Um, but for me, I think it's this return to a more um, I don't know, sort of a primal state in a way. Like my mind just immediately switches gears and all I can think about is how is catching fish. You know, it's very strategic and you have to know so much about the island and you have to know so much about the wind and the tides and what where the fish go at certain times and all these things. So it's like it gets under your skin and once you become a part of it, it's it, to not do it feels really weird like this is always the time mm. of the year where it's almost summer and i'm always i have this <laughs> this really intense urge to Prime go back up. yeah absolutely it's because you're con- you're connected to some real base level stuff oh my god primal it's just, like you said yeah it's just survival it's just catch how every morning i just wake up and my dad and i would just how you know the goal yeah. is catching as many salmon as we possibly can that's the only thing that matters. That's it. No TPS yeah. reports. Nothing. No uh, TPS reports. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. No deal. No texting friends. No girlfriend right. stuff. Nothing. Just that. And that. And that would. That would. You said for your family. For, mm-hmm. That was. That was the income that for the was entire it. year. That was it. Then my parents had eight months off. I mean, there's some. <laughs> somebody said it's for an that. argument. Yeah. There's an argument for it. Um, it was not always. Um, easy. I mean, we've yeah. had several years that, um, you know, they had to, you know, remortgage and we were mm-hmm. totally, totally, um, effed financially. Right. Um, because it's fishing. It's, you know, you yeah. never know what you're going to get. And then we'd had other years that, um, we were able to, you know, live off and put some away. So mm. it's really a gamble. It's yeah. really a gamble. And, um, Different. But the eight months off thing is hard to hard to <laughs> complain. But it's the same amount of hours. My dad calculated right. it out. Oh, and really? It's the yeah. same amount of hours as as a whole year, but it's just condensed to four months. It's just putting it uh, yeah. all in one uh, one little hyper focused mm-hmm. spot there. And from that, so you're experiencing that growing up. You're you're growing up. Uh, you know, Cambria. You know, I wish I could transport a lot of people there. This is a wonderful 
neck of the of the woods mm-hmm. here, uh, the country, uh, not too far from uh, Hearst Castle. A lot of people not know. Not, not a lot of people know that. You yeah, can most hike. of our economy is just Hearst Castle. Hearst Castle. Tourists, yeah, yeah. You can hike at one point, Cambridge, and you can kind of look out, and if you squint, and you can see Hearst Castle. Yeah, you on can the see hill. it from our house out yeah. the window. Yeah, really? Yeah, mm-hmm. just a speck. Just a speck up there mm-hmm. in the hill. So from that to uh, to what you're doing now, when does the music set into your soul? When I was a kid, um, I Green Day for me. Gotcha. I was in fourth grade, and Dookie came out, mm-hmm. and I my my mom would tape videos on the VHS uh, on MTV that I was allowed to watch, and uh, she a good she, mother, yeah, she taped when I come around, yeah, and I just wore that thing out. I just watched that video so many times, mm-hmm. and I lumped something about that song and that band. I just complete, I became completely obsessed, and I just that's all I wanted to do mm-hmm. was to be Billy Joe and to be in a punk band. And and I bought and I just begged and pleaded until my parents bought me a, a guitar and right. they bought me an acoustic, much to my chagrin at the time. <laughs> this Can't little nylon yet, string, yeah. but um, I from, from that moment on, I became completely obsessed, obsessed with music and wanted to be in a band. That was the first little. Uh, the first little injection of it. I mean, I'm I'm fascinated by that because you know, you know a lot of a lot of stand-up comedians want to be rock stars. A lot of rock mm-hmm. stars want to be pro wrestlers. A lot of pro wrestlers want to be rock stars. That are you know that's kind of the grass is always greener. But I I've always uh, I, I the music is not in my soul, but appreciation of it is. So naturally, I wanted to be in bands. I, I there's a book somewhere in this apartment of really bad song lyrics, oh, like nice. three hundred or so. From my mid '90s phase, we need to get that out. Yeah, dig, dig that out. It's somewhere around here. I'm embarrassed even now to think of it. But there, I, you know, there was some, there was some okay stuff. Yeah, in you there. could condense it. I'm sure down to ten <laughs> solid ten, hits. Ten solid hits. Like, give me an album, right? Um, but so my point to that is, is yeah, a lot of people at some point like, oh, I want to be, I want to be in a band. You, you, you've made it a career mm-hmm. along with the fishing to, to get you going early, but you've made it a career. You've, you've, you've fronted, uh, two bands now, Waters and Port O'Brien. Yeah. And then now you're out on your own. Yeah. So you're, you're doing it, man, in this great way. What, take me back to that moment where this doesn't become your afternoon hobby, it becomes your pursuit. It uh, was in college okay. and, um, I went to UC Berkeley and, you hippie. <laughs> and I didn't know really what I was doing. I didn't know mm. what I wanted to do. I was studying cultural anthropology, not a ton of dough in that sure. field. Um, but my, you know, my side passion was, was music and I was working a lot harder on it. And I put together these songs, um, that became the band Port O'Brien. And I, you know, I, at still at that point, I was, I just thought it would be impossible to make any money on it. But we started, I started just sending my songs to any blog that would um, write about things. And this was back when there was like a million music blogs and right. they were just take, actually listening to unsolicited. Right. Uh, emails, which is incredible. And I just started doing that. And then, you know, a few wrote about it, but nothing really happened. And then all of a sudden we played a show. We had a show in San Francisco at a, at a club called the Makeout Room mm-hmm. in the Mission. And I was really nervous and excited. It was our first like headline show in San Francisco. And I thought, well, you know, some blogs have been writing about us. Maybe, you know, maybe some people would come. I was like 21 or yeah. 20 at the time. And there was like hardly anyone there, of course, hardly anyone. And I was getting all grumpy and depressed and um, had a couple beers and we played the show, you know, and I thought it was fine. Um, But then afterwards, it's a classic story, but it turns out I had no idea, but one of my favorite 
musicians and my favorite songwriters to this day mm. was there. And his, uh, he goes under the name M. Ward, um, yeah. who is an incredible um, songwriter who I had been a fan of for years. And he actually has root, San Luis Obispo roots as well. Does he? Yeah. He went to school there. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, I listened to She and Him as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He has a band with Zoe Deschanel, She and Him. And um, he was there and he loved it. And I couldn't, I was like freaking, completely <laughs> freaking out talking to him afterwards. And he uh, loved it so much that a couple of days later I woke up and I had been just selling CDs mm-hmm. directly off CD Baby or something. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> and all of a sudden I, I woke up and there was like 30 orders. And we usually had like two or three a week, right. you know, I was like, what the hell happened? And I opened my uh, browser and yeah. there's a popular uh, music website called pitchfork.com. Oh, yeah. And uh, he had given an interview with them and they asked him, what's your favorite new band? And he said, Port O'Brien. Look at that. And um, he's, and then what's your favorite new song? And he said, I woke up today, which was one of our songs. And it just, which I just recorded it at home in my parents' house. Um, with one mic and all of a sudden then he um, shared our music with his friend Connor Obers from the band Bright Eyes Um, and then Connor reached out to me and asked us to go on tour and then all of a sudden I was like what the hell what's going on I had no idea I was still in college you know going to school and and then going up to Alaska in the summers I was like this is insane wow Um, and then managers started reaching out lawyers started reaching out labels started reaching out and um, that was that was it I was like all right let's go time it's go time Mm. I have to kind of seize on this little moment um and that even now is probably the most exciting. It's not that it's been all downhill from there, but that <laughs> no, but that yeah, is I've... that was the most exciting period of yeah. of the music. Just when it it went from nothing to something. Yeah. Um, and then it's just been varying levels of something since then. <laughs> but um, that was that was an incredible. And and Matt is still a friend of mine, Immord, mm-hmm. and um, I've told him several times. <laughs> yeah. Um, how much that how much that meant to me. I mean, it's, it's all, yeah. I mean, that, God, that's the power of passing it forward. That's the power yeah. of taking a, taking a listen to, to someone else and, you know, maybe a podcast you like or a script, you, you know, that kind of stuff can happen. And, but what I like, what, but what you just said here is when it, when it came, mm-hmm. when it showed up, you said, let's get our hand. It's Harrison Ford. When they made that interview, they, yeah. what, what'd you do after Star Wars? <laughs> now I could really get started. You're, mm-hmm. you're locking yourself in yeah. and believing in what's happening. Yeah. You felt, did you feel you were worthy? Of this? Yeah. I've always been a little on the fence about that. I've always felt there's been a big part of me that feels not good enough. Uh, I think sure. it's just part of the, um, you know, art, artistic struggle. Yeah. It's going to make um, you a good song. I still, <laughs> I still feel like I'm kind of faking it sometimes and mm-hmm. especially compared to a lot of my friends. Um, but at the same time I do, I, then I listen to a lot of other bands. I'm like, Oh, I'm better than that. I'm right. Than those guys. So, um, it's a mix. It's a mix. I'm always kind of on the precipice of, um, hmm. of, you know, losing it. Uh, with <laughs> just thinking I'm terrible, you know, but I, I do, I do think yeah. I'm bringing something to the table. Yeah. You absolutely yeah. are. You absolutely, you can craft a tune, my friend. Yeah. You can craft a tune. I've gotten better throughout the years too. That's well, something I pride myself on. Well, that, well that's yeah. good too. How, how do you, uh, and I do want to talk influences at some point and everything. Mm-hmm. That's part of the fun of, of, of music discussions. Mm-hmm. This isn't just about music, but I'm, I'm fascinated with the careers and, and these choices and the choices. But when you sit down to, 
And this goes back when I've talked about, you know, when it become a hobby to, to something you're going to do. Like when you're sitting down to craft a song, sometimes I'm sure it's inspiration. It's three in the morning, you roll over on a napkin, you write yeah. the hit, hit lyric. But other times you've got to sit down, you've got to work on this. Oh, God. And that's when this yeah. changes, yeah. this pursuit changes, yeah. right? Absolutely. It's, it's songwriting is a huge, huge struggle for me. It's mm. like it hardly ever comes easy. Um, the mo- the f- similar to like my career history, I guess, like the first little moment that something comes out of nowhere, mm-hmm. that is magic and amazing and brilliant and easy, usually. Like I'll just be in my room, um, a little stoned at night or whatever, mm-hmm. and just noodling on guitar while I'm watching some TV show or something. And I'm like, oh shit, that's that. And I, you know, start, get the voice memo app on my phone going. <laughs> that's like, that's new the, technology. Yeah, that's yeah. the fun part. Yeah. Um, and then the process of like, structuring it out and demoing it and writing lyrics that that's just beating my head against the wall for days. It is, mm-hmm. it is, it is. And going through, I was just, before I came over here today, I was at my house working on a song and I just, I was so depressed. I could not, I was like, I am just a terrible musician, terrible songwriter. What am I doing? I need to go back to Alaska. This yeah. is done, you know, and then 10 minutes later, I'll be like, Oh my God, that's so brilliant. <laughs> Um, it's, it's, the best. it's a terrible, yeah. if any yeah. kids are listening, do not pursue this career. <laughs> it's completely, um, but look, Hey, that's a realistic, uh, explanation, which it can be inspirational in its own way. Like, mm. you, you know, I'm hearing you on the radio. I'm yeah. you're, you're on the radio, yeah. not just like a, hey, the Saturday night local indie show you're in rotation, man. Yeah. And then you still feel that. That's that's all of us at some point then. That's, yeah, that's and this spot. this new record, um, that's the first time I've ever really had much radio mm-hmm. success. So that that has been cool to see how. Um, first of all, the people are still listening to radio. Maybe uh, it's just it's, people like you. It's <laughs> broken in a car and just happened to be on. But just uh, people coming to shows, they're like, "Wow, I heard you on the radio." That's new to me. So that's mm-hmm. been that's been really great. Yeah, that's that's a that's a fun change of what's going on there. So uh, let let us do delve into the past yeah. you, uh, about your your influences. I mean, you're already you're already mentioning names of contemporaries and colleagues mm-hmm. that I, I definitely am a fan of. But what what got you to that point other than Green Day? That's that's the yeah, entry that point. That just that was the entry point. No music I've ever made was that inspired mm-hmm. by Green Day. Um, then basically in high school, I got really into. Um, what was then known as indie rock, um, <laughs> which I, you know, that term is whatever, but, um, I got my best friend's cousin, um, in high school was two years older, three years older, and so much cooler than all of us, oh, Anna, yeah. uh, from Cambria. And she introduced us to Modest Mouse. And at the yes. time, nobody, they were totally under the radar, um, they had it was before the moon antarctica we're getting deep here if, if, yeah I'm sorry but um uh, i got a lot of yeah. deep music fans yeah. to listen man so um the lonesome crowd of west had just come out and that record or, or a couple years before yeah. i just discovered it regardless and mm-hmm. that record completely changed things for me and i started going to boo-boos and yeah. saying to them i like indie rock and I couldn't believe now I cringe just even <laughs> retelling that story but as a kid in Cambria I didn't know that it, yeah, it yeah. had any weird connotations or anything yeah. and I had no way of expressing like what else I liked and I just and they said okay well what do you like and I just said, could say modest mouse I had no idea there was no internet right. for me to look um, mm. at least for me well, my parents didn't have a computer at that point so uh, then they showed me Built to Spill and other like Pacific Northwest indie rock stuff. Um, and I got really into them. I got really into 764 Hero. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that led me, and I was really into Fugazi yeah. and just kind of um, 
I went Sunday day real estate was like as most emo as I ever went. Um, I was kind of turned off by anything more than that. Mm. And then I got back into Neil Young and the Beatles, which I love as a kid, yeah. my parents introduced me to, and I was kind of like, I liked it for a while. And then I was like, I hate this because my parents like it. <laughs> and I got back into Neil and um, and the Beatles and John Lennon's solo first two solo records in particular, and I just completely yeah became obsessed with the Beatles and Neil Young. That's fantastic. I yeah. mean, you, yeah, and I'm a Beatle nut. Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, my listeners know that there. But what you're high, the Lennon's first two Plastic Ono Band and then uh, Imagine. Imagine an album. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's Len- Lennon at some real raw points. Yeah, so you're connecting to some real three chords and the truth stuff going on there yeah. with him. Yeah, Plastic Ono Band is is definitely a top five album of all time for me. Um, there was something just about the emotional. Um, just completely unrelenting um, uh, vocal performance uh, from yeah. Mother onwards. Um, but that Neil Young maybe was a little more inspirational in terms of what I was doing. Gotcha. Um, but the Beatles kind of opened so many, so many doors areas. for me. Um, but Neil Young was definitely, in terms of influences, I would say, okay. um, was probably number one. And, and not just, you know, partly because he has so many different voices. He can Does do it. the kind of, you know, acoustic, folky stuff of like Harvest, or he can be really raw and um, wild, like in um, uh, Tonight's the Night. And like late 60s through mid to late 70s, Neil is my, is my is sweet it, spot. Is your jam? Yeah. Um, you you you. When did you first, when did the your band really take up to oh five range? Yeah, Port O'Brien range. Yeah, Port O'Brien. Uh, more a little later, I would say oh nine, oh eight. Oh okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. That's funny. Yeah. Okay. That makes. See, mm-hmm. when I, remember I was talking to you off air by two thousand five. Yeah. That's when I stopped writing for Tiny Mixtapes. There you go. I went into about a five six year period where I was like, I don't know other music. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know new stuff. And then I got back in about two thousand twelve because my CD player died in the mm-hmm. car, and that's where fate takes there me. There we go. Um, so. How did how did you come about to form forming a band and going that route versus well it started Porto Brand started just me um, okay it was just me um, and I just didn't want it to call it my name so I just came up with a name which was ah. a place uh, in Kodiak Island where my parents met Porto Brand hmm. and then as the years went on and the days and weeks went on I you know you got to play shows and you got to have a band because right. I was writing arrangements for drums and everything and I and I met uh, and I knew so many musicians mm. so it just made sense at first it was really loosey goosey it was like whoever was around I was like oh can you play I can play bongos or whatever come yeah. on like you can do this and now the thought of having bongos on stage <laughs> gives me I cannot believe I would ever do such a thing but um <laughs> Yeah, and then it became kind of a band, um, just kind of naturally. And uh, th- you know, Porter Brand had three records, and the band was constantly changing, mm-hmm. constantly changing. So you were uh, you were at the center of it. You were the you were the rock and roll star there in the band, right? bringing in everyone. I get it. I get it. For yeah, I see your story. It became uh, my my former partner Cambria became um, yeah. as the years went on a, 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 a as well a singer as well, and she was an incredible lyricist and. Um, and visual um, person. 
time. Got it. Yeah. Got it. And then you form a second band, Waters. Yeah, Waters. Which, if I was still on radio, your tune "Stand by You" would be spinning. Oh, nice. Be, and nice. my program director would be like, "That one's not in the the, the, the <laughs> playlist." I'd be like, I'm, "I'm playing this one." Yeah, Waters. I Porter Brian broke up when Cambria, the girl, the girl. By the way, her name was Cambria from so, from Cambria. Her, she was yes, I, Cambria from Cambria on purpose. Her parents met there and then moved away. And oh, then okay. had her, and then moved back a few years later. Well, that makes sense. So anyway, Cammy, we called her, but Cam- her name is Cambria. That's a pretty name, so yeah. it works. Yeah. I get it. We broke up in the middle of a tour, which was so fun. That's, so fun. That's the most rock and roll thing great, you said all day, man. <laughs> such a great experience <laughs> to break up with your partner in the middle of a tour, and you're surrounded by three other dudes in a dirty <laughs> Ford van traveling around the country making very little money. It was up. so, so fun. It's not um, as uh, fun as when Fleetwood oh, Mac did God, it. It was so made terrible. Rumors, right? It was terrible. <laughs> it was so terrible. And um, But on the la- one of the last tours we did, mm. um, I met another girl uh, in Oslo, Norway, and ah. fell in love immediately, and um, she was much a much better partner Got than uh, Cambria. And um, I moved there. I moved to Norway uh, because I, don't, I didn't live anywhere at the time, and... Um, I just, just I don't know what else to do. I what just like, oh, I'm in love with this girl. I might as well move there. It's a great story. Uh, how does I mean? You just like she was at a show, and yeah. um, I, I I saw her from stage, and we started talking afterwards, and um, and there I decided I, I thought about continuing Port O'Brien, and mm. the uh, the label and my manager wanted me to keep going um, without any of the mm. other people, and I just didn't feel like that was the right call. Yeah, um, it didn't feel right to Cambria, um, in particularly. So mm-hmm. I decided to start over, um, start a new band, and um, I couldn't come up with a name, so I just called it Waters. It's yeah. really not a good story behind <laughs> that one. And yeah, you um, know, we travel. Yeah, and that started kind of as like a, a the similar kind of vibe, um, mm-hmm. a solo thing that turned into a band. Right. Um, but then, as I, I moved from Norway back to California it became a real band for the first time, like a real, real band. Um, and our sound changed and became more, actually it's slightly inspired by Green Day. I wanted to make records at that time. Like everyone coming to my shows were like guys like me, like grumpy, just kind of <laughs> arms crossed, you know, but I wanted to make a record for like kids. Yeah. Um, and so I made a record called what's real and that one did really well. Um, yeah. and we, you know, took us from just, playing, you know, little teeny rooms that we played on Conan and, um, got to do really big tours. And, um, I got to meet Ringo Starr, who was the guest on Conan that, that, uh, happened to be the guest on Conan. That same casually drop in that you've met some Ringo. I know. Yeah. Um, that was, that was pretty big. And so that was, that was a really exciting phase as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, um, and that's and that leads, and and then that leads, yeah, I'm rambling here, but uh, that's the point. Um, and then, um, that record continued, and and um, by the end of that, though, I was kind of like, this isn't exactly what I want to be doing music artistically, um, and I was dealing with a breakup um, mm. with the Norwegian girl, oh, wow. and uh, we were together for six years, and it was mm. brutal breakup, devastating to me. Mm. Um, mm. And at the same time, my dad was retiring from fishing and Uh I was devastated by that because I always thought that maybe it was going to be a career backup. Yeah. And, um, 
and I just love it there and didn't want to lose that part of my identity, right. who I was. So I was kind of, I kind of felt like the rug was being pulled from under me in a few different directions. And I was started writing these other songs. And I went to, my folks have a little cabin up in the Sierra mm-hmm. and I just went there for weeks at a time and worked on these songs. And it sounded nothing like Waters and it sounded maybe more like Port O'Brien and, mm-hmm. and it just felt like something totally new and it felt more raw and more personal than anything I'd done by far so it made sense to call it Van Willie my first and middle name mm-hmm. and just own it and, and just um, step go out from there yeah and we at the same time recorded another Waters record um, but the label um, Vagrant completely fell apart mm-hmm. um, and just everyone who was there when we got signed yeah. was like fired or quit and it was classic just like total disaster yeah, um but that's a, that's yeah, a I might roll in. I, I still, you know, Waters to me is still ongoing. Um, it's yeah. just on hiatus right now. But I love, I love everyone in that band and our fans and everything. So yeah, yeah. But you're out in the front now, and you had talked about earlier. You said, you know, when you're when you're 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 struggling sometimes with your place, like we all do. But then you you say you feel you've gotten better. So now do you feel with these things going behind you, these classic big heartbreaks, you're dumping it into this thing and, and spotlight on yourself in a way, no, no name, your, your, your real name, your first and middle name front on the album. You feel it's the right time that this is a good, it does. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And, um, the label's great. The team is great. Um, and to be, you know, the first single revolution, Mm -hmm. um, my best, my best friends, there are these two girls from Sweden have a band called First Aid Cat and they sang on it and we just did a two month tour all over North America and Europe with them. Huge mm. places. I was opening for them, obviously. Most most of the people didn't know who I was, but you know, you, you uh, yeah. that's why you do it. Um and that was great. It went top five on AAA radio. Um and it felt like uh it felt like it feels like a good start. So yeah. now we're going back out. Um with uh, with Lissy uh, in all throughout May, we'll be on tour throughout the throughout the country in Canada, and, um, yeah. and we'll go from there. But at, you know, at the same time, it's scary starting over yeah. at, a, at a more advanced age uh, <laughs> career restart button. It's t- generally terrifying. It, well, well, yeah. let, let's dive into that there. Yeah. By the way, a tri- AAA Radio guys is Adult Album Alternative, right? If I remember, yeah. that's hey, kind of you got it. I was a I was a kind of a, I was an AOR station, album oriented oh, yeah. rock. Oh yeah, uh, which was I get to play. I could play the sing the the non singles deep so cuts. Uh, I love the old radio talk here. Um, you say it's terrifying. I get why it's terrifying. Um, but but on the outside looking in, it's like cool. You got a new you got a new album. You this, but you're yeah. you're really. Do you feel something go terribly wrong? You feel like where what is what's te- what's that terrifying feeling? I I mean mainly financially. Um, that's a that's a feeling. It's <laughs> a feeling. Me. I mean uh, <laughs> the music industry is not what it used to be. It is. In, in some ways, it's better. Um, mm. You know, um, there are certain tools now that were not present years ago. Um, mm. You know, you can I can re- easily record a song in my bedroom and put it on through TuneCore, and it's on Spotify two weeks later, and people are listening to it. Mm. Um, there are other things that are a lot more difficult. People aren't obviously aren't buying albums as much. Right. Um, that's an understatement. Um, yeah. There are still ways to to make money, but it's kind of like a shot in the dark. You know, right. most of the most of my uh, livelihood has come from syncs, meaning like when they choose your song to be in a TV show or a movie right. or a commercial or whatever, and those are just totally random. That's you're to- completely out of your control. Yeah. Um, and when they come, it's awesome, and it's mm. this big chunk of change, and then nothing for for so long. Right. So it's you have to be pretty smart, um, 
And I've gotten in a position a couple of times where I have like this big check and I get excited and I live outside of my means. And right. um, I'm going to buy all the Lobot figures, <laughs> exactly. Star Wars stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's, it's a constant struggle. Um, but at the same time, I really, A, can't think of anything else that I'd want to do. And B, I have to remind myself that, you know, that I'm, um, you know, approaching my mid thirties and I've been able to survive, um, mm-hmm. pretty comfortably by playing music. And that's, you know, I'm not, you know, as big as, you know, most of my friends are, are more famous than me, <laughs> but, um, but, uh, it's still, I'm still able to put food on the table and I, really I'm a minimalist. I don't really need that much more. So well, you seem like, uh, that type of, uh, that type of cat who grew up uh, in Alaska and Cambria. There's yeah. not a lot of, like I said, Cambria is this wonderful tiny town. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, but there's, there's big money in there for a lot of resort type, like people live up there or go up there for a lot, the warm yeah. wine stuff. But I'm yeah. talking to be, uh, that would not surprise me that you're kind of like, I'm good out here on the, uh, maybe in a tent even looking at the yeah, lake. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, the risk, the, the, the rock and roll life that we've all, all of us have grown up seeing and believing. Yes, there, there's been some golden eras and everything, but now it, it, it's, it's, you're, you're, you're living, but, but this is truly because it's something that's in your heart. Yeah. This is, this is, you, you're going to be, they take it away from you. You're still going to be writing songs. Yeah. I mean, I'll always make records um, until I die. There's no way that I could stop. Um, yeah. And for now, I, I feel just as dedicated as ever, you know, um, to to what's going on. So, yeah. Well, this 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 first album out uh, under this uh, this new version of you mm-hmm. here, yes. uh, countries here. Yeah. It, like when I say it is an album, meaning you've got your single that brought me in Revolution, boom, that hits, and then uh, they're just starting to play before I before, before I found you before I found you. Yeah. Which is good, uh, you know. It's it's this great follow up single. That's the one I was. It's also the number one track on on the album. But this is it. Harkens back to why I loved music. Why you talk about the records and the industry has changed. And I love all the technology. I'm not the old grumpy Clint Eastwood on the thing. But there was a time where you would get the album CD or otherwise, mm-hmm. and you'd go sit down and you listen to it, and that is an experience. And so you have definitely written an album. Did you intend it that way, or am I just romanticizing? No, hundred percent. That's the way I. <laughs> that's the way I create um, because I'm from that time where that's, I mean, I got into music through records. I I never, the thought of just listening to one song or something that to me is still kind of extreme. My girlfriend now, um, she's a little younger than me and she listens to just playlists on Spotify uh, mainly. Right. And um, I I, I can't, I like once in a while I'll put a playlist on, but for me it's like, it it just, it's too jarring. It's like this and then that, then this, and I want to live inside a longer creation. And I, and I I don't and I don't like to be curmudgeon about it either. And I, I know mm-hmm. like David Byrne, I'll listen to an interview with him and he talks about how, well, that's, you know, the album is basically just this it happened to be the length that, that you could fit onto two mm. sides of a wax record. It's right. arbitrary. It's, right. you know, it's kind of pointless. And I, and I agree with that, but I can't help the fact that that's how I grew up and that's how I got into music. Well, yeah. And I look, David Byrne knows, knows that more than I, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I agree with that sentiment there, but there's something about, uh, I mean, when I'm just talking about, you know, yeah, you got 13 tracks or whatever it is, generally the length of most albums, but it's also about opening up, getting the song lyrics, getting the pictures. Yeah. What does Van look like for this album? <laughs> what beard did he grow for the next album? That's part as, as a fan, and and you are clearly a fan of what you're also in, too. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that's the reason you got into this. That was part of the experience, too, which just seems a little 
I mean, it's still there, you know. You still got a cool hat on and a beard. Well, you know, you're clean shaven, but uh, you know, like some stubble, scruffy, some scruffy. You know, um, <laughs> that's still there, but it seemed that seems to change as well for mm-hmm. me. Where was this whole thing? You know, mm-hmm. it was like, what? Did, what is? Where Nolan Liam going to do for their next album in yeah. terms of haircuts? You know? <laughs> I mean, for me, it's still that. It's still the album rules all. You know, yeah. I mean, I spend an obscene amount of time. Um, Mm. Thinking about the sequencing, just the order of songs. Ah, uh, that's yeah. huge. And also, the, not even that, but how much space in between each song. Ooh. On Spotify, it's just, it doesn't matter anymore. But on the vinyl record, that's very specific point, point of mastering as to how many seconds in between it. I obsess over that. And so, it, and the, the album artwork, I mean, um, yeah. Sylvia grabbed my girlfriend, did all the packaging, and we worked tirelessly on that for weeks and weeks and weeks. Uh, so it's hugely important for me. Um, but my friends and I, joke at the end of the day to everyone else i don't know if it matters i i i don't know i don't think it does anymore <laughs> and that's okay yeah and that's okay times change uh i you know you're you're in my studio right now there's a little uh black little foot foot rest you open that up there's a bunch of cds in there yeah. right you yeah. know what i mean I've, i'm that guy uh i've i've finally moved past buying them uh, own all of your stuff digitally, all right? Nice. So, yeah, well, other than the nice LP copy you've you've gifted me, which is with my uh, my small but mighty LP collection. So, yeah, in the end, does it matter? Times change, you know. I read but then some, once in know. a while, it matters to someone, you know. Yeah. And it really, honestly, only, if it only matters, it sounds cheesy, but it's true. If it just matters to, like, one person, <laughs> then I'm fine. I'm like, sweet. We connected. I love that there. On this last album, what was, uh, what was like the hardest thing, the hardest song to write on air? The hardest thing to, but did you ever put something into a song and think, I'm not comfortable sharing that, saying that, thinking that? Uh, mm, I don't know. I feel pretty safe in a way where the, my lyrics have always tended to obscure a lot of the more specific mm. Details of what I'm going through to protect um, <laughs> certain identities, <laughs> um, but I would say the most the the most raw song to me is a song called "The Middle," mm-hmm. um, which is a more like mid tempo ballad, and that for me, just thinking about it, kind of. Um, Mm. I turn inward and and remember those days uh, that I was working on that song and thinking back to my relationship that inspired them, Mm. inspired that song. And um, I still get uh, a little, yeah, a little torn up when I'm Mm. I'm playing that one live. Ah, I get it. Mm. I get that. I mean, I'll never, I never experienced that because all my... Mm. uh, poems or crap but uh yeah no no it takes you back because that's what good music does yeah i can be as happy as i want to be one of my favorite songs is from a josh joplin uh group called i've changed which is a pretty graphic song about a suicide mm. um and favorite by morbid it was it's a great song but i used to listen to it when i was in a darker spot in my life mm. work past that i'm through that things are good you know we all have our struggles blah 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 that song pops up on my iTunes, and I immediately I'm like I'm I'm back, and that's yeah. not a great thing. No, but I'm like I, it's like oh yeah, I still mm. feel that way, and I have to kind of control it. But there, but that's like the power of music, good yeah. or bad. It's the most powerful thing. I, I really, you know, I'm I'm not um, a religious person at mm. all, um, but I and I'm I'm very much you know a student of the Enlightenment mm-hmm. uh, way of thinking. But I there's something about music that. That does transcend something that we can't really talk about mm-hmm. in words, and um, for me, that's just as true now as it was when I 
saw that stupid Green Day video. It's just really like I'll have moments still now where I'm listening to something on headphones um, and it completely... My favorite record of all time is In Utero by Nirvana. And that for me, I'll still put on and it can tr- totally transform my state of being more yeah. than anything else that I can, that I really know about. Yeah, it... Uh, yeah, Wow. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, I'm, I'm going back to some of those albums, those moments that affect you. Uh, you know, for me, George Harrison was my Beatle, uh, you mm. know, and including solo work. And the day he died, uh, I showed up to work. I was working, I started work like 6 a.m., 6.30 a.m. And some friend, I was like, you, li- you like the Beatles, right? One of the Beatles died. And I was like, oh, because oh, I knew he'd been struggling. God. And I went up to the top of the mall where I worked, uh, the parking store, and I bawled my eyes out in a way I didn't expect. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, yeah. I, I was like, oh, this, is, this guy was the soundtrack soundtrack to my certain part of my life mm-hmm. you know and that's the power of it yeah i remember that day too yeah so uh, yeah yeah and uh you know what is life and you and dark horse and all things from the past all every time i heard it on that day it was like i was going back to when i was like 18 19 struggling yeah. depressed 100%. trying to be inspired and now you're a part of that. <laughs> yeah. Someone hears a Van Williams song and they're like, I remember when I broke up with that girl or I got dumped. Yeah. And going back, I mean, that's that's still the thing that keeps mm-hmm. me going as, as scary as it can be financially and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, you know, the, my, 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 the best moments of my career have been when people have reached out um, on Facebook or mm-hmm. Instagram or whatever, or email or just in person at concerts and... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's people out there with tattoos with my song lyrics on their oh, bodies. Nice. And it's just like, and to hear them uh, talk about how they've, it's helped some, one of my songs has helped them through something mm. um, is really, I, I can't stress enough how much that, how much that resonates with me. Yeah, man, I get it from the, yeah, that's got to, that no, does it feel good? Not just in like, yeah, I've done it, but like it's, it, it's, it's surreal in a way, right? Yeah. Yeah, it really is, and and because um, it's not just like, hey, man, I like your music, you know. But it's like you, you and I, Van, were in a dark room together. You weren't there; your music was, yeah. but we were there together. Yeah, you know? it's, it's it's really strange to be on the other side of it, but be, but because uh, I've been so impacted by songs in right. the past, I can understand where they're coming from. Yeah, I was. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Eels, and one time I was at uh, Davy Wayne's in Hollywood. Little this little club thing uh, you walk through a refrigerator to get in there and you're you're cool right mm-hmm. uh, i'm there and uh mark oliver shows up and he's friends with someone in our group and i'm standing next to him and i'm like that's e oh god that's e and my friend's like yeah he just knows mike like there were he mike lived in his house for you want to meet him and i was like i can't <laughs> i can't meet him because there's some songs in his in his in his repertoire that i've i've been so affected by that yeah. i don't know what i could say yeah <laughs> I mean, that's usually the safe, the safe yeah. way. I've got, I've been fortunate enough to meet a couple of my mm. heroes and it's always, I'm always a little, um, there's part of me that just doesn't want to, doesn't yeah. want to go there. But, um, usually I'm, I got to meet, I got to hang with Neil Young a few times wow, and got yeah. to tell, tell him how much his songs have meant to me. And, um, yeah. And that was an incredible experience. And, 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 you know, and I'm sure he gets out, I mean, more than hardly anyone. And, um, yeah. and he, the fact that he was so kind of open and nice and I could see in his face that it's still that that no still. matter how famous and whatever he is like he, he still is impacted by that specific thing yeah that's great mm-hmm. that's that's wow yeah mm-hmm. you got him and then the fact that he's not over that in a way yeah you know that's still yeah, I don't think back you ever I don't think you ever do get over that no that's that's powerful stuff man powerful stuff it is hard 
to look at where you are now and say, you know, plan a career, mm-hmm. right? I mean, yes, you can go record songs, and I want to go into one, I want to do this, I want to... Um, but really, you don't know. You're, you're at the hands of fate in a long yeah. way, which is the hardest thing of any kind of creative endeavor. Mm-hmm. But where you are at right now, what, what, what things do you feel you really want to accomplish as an artist, as a, as a performer? I'm mainly just to set myself up in a way uh, to sustainably live and create... Mm-hmm. Records. I mean, that's all I've really ever wanted was to be able to do this for as long as possible mm-hmm. and to support myself and eventually a family. Um, and that, what does that imply? That implies getting um, my records out there a little more mm-hmm. and um, being able to tour, headline a tour um, where you make some money. I mean, that's, yeah. that's, uh, that's the goal. No, and, yeah. Um, it's hard to do because there's so much overhead with touring. Yeah. And you have to get to a pretty high level before you make a dollar. And yeah. you have to lose a lot of money before you make a dollar. Um, but luckily, my uh, the label I'm on, Concord, has been um, incredibly supportive and um, financially and otherwise. So mm-hmm. I, I feel good about the, the path that I'm on. Um, and good. mainly just, yeah, focusing on writing more and creating as much as, uh, much as I can. I love that man. Yeah, it's. Uh, I remember reading uh, what is it? Uh, Jacob Slichter, Slichter's book. The the drummer from uh, Semisonic wrote the book. So I want to be a rock and roll star, mm. and and talks about their you know rise and and they're for me they're one of my favorite bands. So they're not a one hit wonder band, but closing time and the whole story. <laughs> it's just like so. Yeah, maybe I don't want to be a rock star. Yeah, yeah it's a, it's a the business <laughs> of rock and roll is very real. It's very real. It's very real, mm. especially with when with with touring. Um, it's one of those things where it's like you make zero and then all of a sudden you're making a lot. And to get mm. to that point is is very, very challenging. Yeah. Um, and mm. yeah, I yeah. don't I've never really been able to make it there all the way. I've had little blips, little blips. Um, but then, you know, something will happen. I'll break up with my girlfriend or, <laughs> or whatever, you know. Like, no, and I, and I appreciate the candor of it because yeah. it's uh, it is the reality of this is yeah. I, I find myself outside of the bounds of a full time job. It's like. What am I trying to do? I'm trying. I want to do this every day because this inspires me every day. Talking yeah. into microphones, as stupid as it may seem, mm-hmm. it's something I want to do at three, right? So yeah. it's like, yeah. Then the reality is, you live in LA, and mm, it's expensive. <laughs> expensive. Yeah. Uh, and you know, could I podcast in uh, Montana? I might find out one day when I get sick of it all, but yeah. I'm not ready yet. So I. That's uh, when you talk about career goals and stuff. Yeah, it's like I want to see Van William live at Bootycon. Bootycon, not Bootycon. Bootycon <laughs> or Bootycon. Or Bootycon. <laughs> The Budokan in Japan there, uh, you can do that. Uh, um, Or or you can uh, just keep going forward there. Or you you know what? Or you can end up fishing too and you can do it all. True. Because it's not, uh, it's hard to separate the identity sometimes, huh? It is, yeah. Yeah, it is. But, you know, part of the, for me, since my dad retired and that window has kind of closed, um, I, mainly just because there's such a huge buy-in to that industry. Really? I mean, just the boat, uh, you know, boat Uh, costs half a million dollars and and the permit's another hundred and that's 50. I mean, it's just too much. Um, But since that's kind of, since that, since that window has closed, um, I've been more focused um, on music in a way, and I think more productive, and I think been making better stuff. So I think there is some value too mm-hmm. to just not even being open to other right things, you know, just tunnel yeah. vision. Well, I think you are well on the way to a wonderful next phase. I really do believe it because uh, it's it's a bit of a classic rock story too, where it's like. 
you know, I'm a huge fan of Ryan Adams, all right? And so it's like, all right, Whiskey Town was there, and he did that, then also, boom, yeah. boom. And, uh, but it, it, the, that boom comes from preparation and skill and timing and all meeting up, like you said, where suddenly you get that call and M. Ward shared your tape like it's the <laughs> old days. Um, I have a lot of faith in what you're doing, my friend. Uh, it, it, it's, uh, it's been uh, interesting to say to suddenly get to know you because um, uh, I'm an old radio guy. Like, All right, I'm going to get a T-shirt that says Ken the Old Radio Guy. <laughs> And I, I, it's not just a hit single. It's like the ability to, to, to craft a song is, is so there in you. And that, that never ends. So Thanks, man. You're, you're going to, much like uh, Star Wars, you're going to be here forever. Oh, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> Thank God for Star Wars for bringing this together, man. Absolutely, man. And uh, you are going to be on Force Center soon with a good Star Wars rank that's coming out. Um, but more importantly, right now in the interim, I, I want you to uh, put on a good Lando cape, feel good about yourself, and self-promote the hell out of what you're doing here. Tell all the folks where they can find you. Hell yeah, come stuff. on over. Um, yeah, we're going out on tour in all of May, um, touring with this incredible singer named Lissy. And all the tour dates and tickets and all that stuff are on the website vanwilliammusic.com. Mm. And you can follow me on the old Instagram and Twitter at vanwilliammusic. You're really good at Instagram. You got the stories down. I do yeah. not have the stories down. It's I tried tough. for a second. <laughs> My lady friend was like, you idiot, you got to use the stories because it keeps your profile at the top of the page. I know, I know. The, uh, being on tour, it's a lot of good. Yeah. Good story footage, you know. <laughs> I'll, I'll share one behind the scenes thing here, and I think you put it publicly. But I love getting tagged in this little uh, Instagram story where you and I were texting back and forth about our Star Wars ranked episode, <laughs> and here you are with uh, the the fine ladies of First Aid Kit yeah. band and. At Coachella, uh-huh. you are a rock and roll star, man, and you're here going, well, Aura Singh uh, and uh, Garadan are my favorite. It, it was beautiful. Yeah, in the hotel room, in Clara's hotel room, before their big performance on like one of the main stages of Coachella, and she, I'm just spacing out. Yeah. She's like, what are you thinking about? And I just start talking about these minor Star Wars characters, and she's like, oh my God, man, it's so insane. So, so insane. So thank you so much for coming in here. And to local listeners, that's right, if you're from my hometown, and I assume you are listening podcasts up in Pismo Beach, Royal Grande, San Luis Obispo, on April 21st, yes. Record Store Day, you you are going to be playing yes. Boo Boo Records. And I wish I could be up in town. I, I can't. I went up for my birthday early this year. Normally I go. That's the weekend I go. My birthday is on April 19th. Tomorrow, if you're listening to this podcast on the day it was released. So you're a Boo Boo's. Boo Boo's, yeah. Headlining the record store day and um, doing, a, doing a, yeah, eight or nine songs and playing on the radio there too that day. Um, KCBX, I think. Yeah. Um, Okay. Or at three o'clock, I believe, is the time. So yeah, come uh, on and love it. And see, my parents will be there. Oh man, um, it's gonna be good. So if you're a a Knapsack Files listener from my hometown, go up there and tell them, tell Van after the show. After the show, let him get let him get in his zone first. <laughs> Worry about Star Wars characters, play his music, and then say, hey, you heard him on the Knapsack Files, and uh, have a Central Coast connection. 
be a good. Uh, Van, thank you much, very much for coming in. Thanks for having me. Guys, you can listen to the Knapsack Files on a lot of places, including Podomatic, Stitcher, and now Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio as well. Don't forget to check out my new fully functional website. There's KenNapsack.com, but that's just kind of a business card. If you need to look me up for some business stuff, you can go to knapsackfiles.podomatic.net. A blog is up there and ready to go. I've got some stuff planned. I'm on the uh, Patreon as well at patreon.com slash thenapsackfiles. And thank you, sir, for, for supporting me as well. I appreciate that a lot. And all of you need to sign up <laughs> as patrons. A lot of stuff going on there. Um, on Twitch as well, if you want to see me play baseball, play Star Wars, wrestling, car racing, and a lot more, including some just video-related shows. No games, just me talking. Equipment's on the way, I swear, I swear. Uh, uh, go to twitch.tv slash catnapsack. Guys, I've talked enough. Thanks again for Van coming in. Check out his album, Country. It's so damn good. That is it. We'll see you next time here on the Napsack Files.